Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Gordon. Today, we're going to be talking about communication, communication for leaders, and really, honestly, one of the most important skills a leader needs to have is how to harness the troops, how to motivate them, how to teach them, how to exchange information that gets them motivated and excited. And our guest today is the author of the book, Brilliance by Design, Vicki Halsey. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you, Chad. Welcome, welcome to you. All right, so today we're going to really go through, and and really prescriptive, which I love, is six steps becoming really a better communicator, um, creating learning experiences that connect and inspire and engage. You know, why did you feel like this was a topic that you just needed to dive into? Are you seeing a lack of good communication and good good, uh, engaging experiences? Well, as you know, I've been teaching for a very long time, even though I'm very young. The um, <laughs> But what was interesting is like I would go, like I'm teaching and then we'd take a break and I'd walk by rooms and what would I see? I would see a, someone in front yeah. talking, energized, all fired up, but what would I see in the participants? Yeah. You know, their heads were down, they were like hands sometimes on their forehead, mm-hmm. or it looked like the invasion of the body snatchers. So what's interesting is that I realized the one that's doing the teaching, the one that's doing mm-hmm. the talking is doing the learning. Mm-hmm. And it really caused me, and it took forever to write this book because it, it was really my whole life of teaching, but how do you do it in a way that people feel brilliant? Yeah. You know, and, and, and think about that in corporate America. Think how many people start a job you know, and you hire them because they have fabulous transferable skills, but they don't know how to do what you need right. them to do. And, and what typical methods do people use to teach people how to do what they need to do? Yeah, they get up in front of the board and they write it on the chalkboard and they hope people take notes. Yeah, and they give them giant notebooks, mm-hmm. read the notebook, and then go big team. You know, and unfortunately, I think that's why there's such a high turnover rate at the two-year point. You know, you realize Talent Keepers data says it's about the two-year point that people leave. You know, so why do they leave? They're not being as successful as they'd like to be. And shame on us for not teaching them in a way that they really get it. What I love about this book, what I love about Brilliance by Design, if, if I'm a facilitator, if I'm a teacher, this is this is a Leader, Bible. Manager. Well, I'm saying, no, if, if, if I'm a facilitator or a teacher, this is a Bible that I can use yeah. and, and, and empower myself. But if I'm not, and I'm a leader, and if I if mm-hmm. I lead a team, if I lead an organization, if I lead a division, I have to be up there. I have to actually communicate, and I want it to be more impactful. So this is actually cheat sheets to say, these are the things you don't know because you're not teaching on a daily basis. 
basis. So, so let's kind of dig into this. You've got the six-step process. You use the what you call the engage model. What would be the first step you would take to really get started? And, and you focus it on um, energize and focus learning. So how would you do that? How would I do that if I, as a leader, I wanted to energize and focus learning? So a couple things have to happen before you dive into the engage model. First thing is, is know your audience. Yeah. Okay, a group of engineers is gonna be a little different than a group of salespeople. Different energy, different focus, different analytic mind versus the you know active, extroverted. You know, so you wanna just really have an understanding of the people mm-hmm. and understand that different people learn in different ways. So you have the kinesthetic learners, you have the auditory. Yeah. But you know what's interesting is I've been teaching down at University of San Diego 21 cohorts now um, in terms of Masters of Science and Executive Leadership. Use the assessment in Brilliance by Design. Right. What percent out of 20-something cohorts do you think came out strong auditory processors? Oh, you know, that you asked that, I would say it's probably pretty low. Yeah, Yeah. 5.4%. Now here's the thing, Chad, is as we think about who these people are, and we know only 5.4% are strong auditory processors, which would mean like, you know, I could say to you, you need to do this, this, and this, and you'd go, got it, and go do it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's only 5.4% of the population, yet that is the predominant way that people teach other people. You think how many times someone, oh, I just do a, you know, I do a drive along, Mm -hmm. you know, with my salesperson and I talk at them. Right. The whole way. Well, people can't learn that way. So understand learning preferences, understanding your people. But the second thing is very critical, and it has to do with what content you want to teach. Right. So the interesting thing there is you need to be very clear about what you, like let's say you're going to, I'll give you a concrete example. One of my favorite people, CEO of a huge mattress company, all right, he was having difficulty with the guys who were delivering the mattresses. They mm-hmm. were getting low results. Mm. And he read in Harvard Business Review that, you know, the final impression is the strongest impressions yeah. people have of your company and right. they just weren't getting strong impressions. So he came up with this little four-step model. Now, content, when you think about what it is you want to teach and what do you want them to do, he wanted them to use this four-step model, okay? And it was like the nice model or something. And N meant something like notice something personal about. So he had a very tight model. He had an hour meeting that Mm -hmm. he wanted to run with them. So all I did was say, what do you want them to do walking out the door? I want them to use the nice model. Now let's get into that six-step engage model. Right, okay. Because here's what happens. So first of all, you wanna energize. So E stands for energize and focus learners. Okay, so imagine 100 mattress delivery guys are coming to an hour meeting. Right. They know they've been getting lousy scores. Right. What do you think they're gonna think? Oh, their engagement walking in the door is probably, they're thinking they're gonna get yelled at probably. Oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna see all Absolutely. these horrible stats. Yeah. Oh no, two weeks before the session, he sends out a little toy uh, Hot Wheels truck mm-hmm. You know, with a little sticker on it with their mattress company and then a $100,000 bill and said, bring your best ideas for wowing the customers. Mm. So now what's happened is you've primed the pump. Right. You know, it's like my son's first grade teacher who said, like, she would say on Friday, on Monday, we're going to talk about chemistry. All weekend, I want you to ask people, what is chemistry? Uh. Right. Right. What's the difference in that six in, in that class than it is all the other classes? Well, you're coming you're coming in cold versus you're actually engaged and you're excited. Your brain's firing already. You're already thinking about it. And why do you think that's huge in today's world of work? So many distractions. There are so many distractions, and people go into meetings with a hundred different things going on in their mind. You want to grab their attention early. 
You want to focus them and say, this is important. So that's what he did with the $100,000 bill. You are important. You are the last impression. So you energize the learners before they show up and then they walk in the door or they could log into a virtual classroom mm -hmm. and they all went straight to flip charts and wrote all their best ideas. Mm. Okay, so now before you've even started the class, like you said, they're primed, they're ready to go and they hit the ground running. So within five minutes, you and you can use the early, you know, get them up at a flip chart. Mm -hmm. This is like a sort of a soft start, get them in there early. Now, E stands for energizing, getting the brain primed and, and, and getting them involved in the first couple minutes. Think how many meetings you go to where the first 10 minutes is like, and the agenda, blah, 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 and the here's what we're right. gonna do, blah, 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 and it, it just, you gotta boom, start with people unleashing their brilliance. That's what I said earlier about it, any leader, anybody that's that's it's in front of a group at any moment, this is a cheat sheet to say, you're gonna be viewed differently in a very positive way because you're gonna get people's uh, brains firing like they've never fired before because you're following this model. And people, you know, when you think about the role of a leader and you realize, you know, you have these, and I love what you said about communication, because you're communicating yeah. subtly. If you're at the front of the room telling everybody your great ideas, subtly you're, you're kind of, you know, setting yourself up. I'm the most important person in the room. But if you have all of them doing the work and pooling yeah. their organizational intelligence, you're sending a very different signal which is you guys are the most important thing in the room. Let's go on, what is the second step? The second step then now is to navigate the content. So let's go back to our mattress delivery guys. So they've put all their great ideas on flip charts, now they sit down. So he thanks them for being there mm -hmm. and he gets them all fired up, but then he teaches them the nice model. Mm. And all I remember was the notice something personal. Yeah. So he asked them, what could you notice that's a personal right. thing? Like if someone has a big old honking watch, you right. know they're loving that watch or right. nobody would be caught dead with that watch. So you go, <laughs> right. woo, look at that watch. Tell right. me the history right. of that watch. Right. So anyway, he taught them the nice model, gave them some fun card sorts, which was like if you, you know, what is this? Is it the N, the I, the C, or the E and E was like end on a positive note or end by thanking them or something like that. So each card went with one of the aspects of his model. Then what he did was go have them go right back to their own flip charts and codify them. Hmm. You see, so now all your ideas was that N, yeah. was that I, was that C or was that E? So, so now, I mean, we're 15 minutes into the class, they've done Four different activities. And you've they're involved. You've linked the things they've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. Because you're making them feel brilliant. Right. Look at me. I'm part of the nice model. Yeah. Then we go to G, which is generate meaning. Now, by the way, most people do they sometimes do you know, E, the energized, but most of the time people are just doing N yeah. when they're teaching. Yeah. I'm teaching some content, I'm reviewing it, and then you know, off they go. Well, now the G stands for generate meaning, which is why would we want to use this model hmm. as delivery guys? What's in it for us? Right. And he showed all these amazing statistics about the lasting impression and things like that. So he really wanted to make sure that people understood, hey, you are critical to who we are and the lasting memory of care that we leave our clients. Whether they're gonna go to the neighbor and go, you can't believe these guys. They didn't just do this. One of the guys was weeding, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but do the extra mile, right. why would we do it? So anytime you're teaching something new, here's why. Here's what's in it for you to learn that. Then the fun part is going to A, 
Very rarely do people do A, and yet this is your opportunity. Apply to the real world. And I think that, for me, that is where I get the most out of learning. If, you, if you're if you teaching me a new CRM, if you're teaching me a new business process, if I can't get that, if you can't share with me how this is going to be part of my day-to-day and how it's going to affect me, how in my business, I'm just going to log that into a, in a file cabinet of other meeting information and move forward with my day. What you're basically saying is you have to make those links. And that's the neuroscience of this model because mm. the brain is always making a choice. Can I prune this mm-hmm. or should I move it to long-term? memory. The generate meaning and relevancy is the choice point that your brain makes. Should I take this in or should I just say, that's nothing I need to know. Now that you've put it into, hey, this is something I need to know. Now, before you let people leave the room, before you hang up the phone, let's have them simulate doing exactly what you want them to do. So he had the guys go out into the warehouse and take turns in groups of four. Two are the clients, Mm -hmm. two are the delivery guys practicing right. the model. Right. That's apply. Now, why do you do that? One reason is because of the fact then you know, did we teach it well? So if with CRM, if you can't do it, you didn't get taught well. Right. So you're now as an instructor finding out where's the flaw in my design. Right. So next time I teach a group of people, right. I don't have that flaw. But get people to apply whatever. If it's a coaching model you're teaching and you want them to use that. If it's it's a um, positioning of a product, have them practice positioning it. And you have to do it two, three, four times. Because it's not like anyone gets something the first time. Yeah. But applying means we're doing it. Well, and you think about the stages of development and, yes. and that transition from learning to doing. And exactly. if you don't transition to doing, especially in that safe environment where you're actually with your peers and before you go back out into the real world, then who is going to take the time to bravely practice these skills for the first time out in the real world? And how often is that how people do it? So many times. Yeah, and then we wonder why they're so frustrated and why they're failing. Because we didn't let them practice, 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 practice with accurate feedback from an expert. I'll be back with the rest of the interview in just a moment, but I want to share a unique offer with you. In December, the revised edition of Leading at a Higher Level by Ken Blanchard and the founding associates and consulting partners of the Ken Blanchard Companies will be released. How would you like to receive a free copy of the new book? All you have to do is subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it and write a review. Then just send an email to podcast at kenblanchard.com with leader chat in the subject line. And in the body of the email, write your information and the date of the review. At the end of December, we'll select five lucky winners who'll receive a signed copy of Leading at a Higher Level. Well, then they've applied it. They've honed their practice. Then you want them to celebrate. Look yeah. how much you learn. So he had this fun little Jeopardy game that they played when they came back in. And he used a lot of the statistics and things like that and the importance of, of and, and I think the language he used, the importance of having your clients be your sales force. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're so excited because you were so nice yeah. and you made them feel important. So anyway, you want to celebrate learning because once again, that's deepening the neural connection to the new material because it's so positive. It's releasing great chemicals in the brain to cement learning. 
what I love about what I also really appreciate about this is is uh, you're using a real example. This is this is something yeah. legitimately with the that's ma- an mattress. Hour that's an, that's what I was going to say. It's an hour meeting, and people yeah. say I don't have time, and I only have an hour. You can do an amazing amount of work in an hour to get some concepts across and actually practice those concepts. But you're right. If you don't actually celebrate, if you don't actually share people that, that yeah. we're moving forward, because that's a bit of that's that that helps build the team, that helps build morale, that builds engagement. Celebrate it more often. Well, and just just imagine the difference in these guys going home to their families and stuff that night. I'm really important. I didn't realize how important mm. I was yeah. to the company yeah. versus being lambasted in an hour meeting. Right. And going, yeah, they don't believe they don't know how hard we work, etc. Now, by the way, the last E, because engage mm-hmm. has to have the last E, is where you extend learning to action which means you're constantly catching people using the new skills. Couple couple pieces here. One it, it reminds me of of Ken, you know, the one minute manager where, you know, yes. where I, and I love it. It's this, it's this moment I've seen him sharing a couple times in large groups. He goes, "Raise your hand if you're just sick and tired of leaders praising you yes. so darn much." But that is important, the the efforts are around praising, but then also if this just stops now and you don't extend this learning going forward if you don't reinforcement. Yep. It, it reinforcing it, it's it's going to go away. He started a whole little newsletter. They got gift cards when they'd send a success story. And what was neat was just imagine you're being written up as having this clever idea. And not only do you help other people build their organizational intelligence, like here's how we do things where we really knock it out of the park. So you're building the competence of people simultaneously with what you just said, is having them feel important, praise them, catch them doing something right, which is Ken Blanchard's favorite thing to do. So that's that engage model. You engage them, you fire them up. And Chad, I think the thing that I just, you know, I feel in my heart about this model that I love so much is it's, it's, it's like me. I'm sending two boys out into the workforce yeah. right now. One right. just graduated, you, you know, last weekend, and one graduated in June. I want leaders who are going to say, "How can I help these kids be successful? What do I have to do? I have to get people that are great at what they do. I have to figure out what they do, and then I have to help my, you know, my people practice it, learn it in a way that they are successful. Not just telling them how, but teaching them how by engaging them." Right. So if I've been listening, if our listeners have been listening and they go, okay, well, I'm not, you know, I'm having a hard time making the connection. Instead, I lead a team of of business analysts and we're going to have an offsite. So putting you on the spot right now and I'm walking to you and I'm saying, Vicki, I'm going to pick up this book and I'm having an offsite for my my analysts and there's not necessarily a model that I'm going to be teaching. What are some of the steps that I can do to make to make that meeting better? Just give me an example, like do this or do that. But it's it's really to set the stage for you. It's about setting up the meeting in the right way to let people start thinking about how Mm -hmm, they're going to do mm -hmm. business differently. But it's not necessarily about teaching a model. It's not necessarily about a transfer of knowledge. It's about when you bring people together, being better up there. Because as you said, you want your sons to have leaders that are going to engage, inspire, and, yeah. and commit to them. So, what, so uh, and I don't want to knock on analysts out there, but, but like no. I'm having a meeting like that, is it would be a dry bit of, of, of information exchange. That can be dressed up. Absolutely. And what you do, you have to think ahead. And what's interesting is some of the things that I teach is the 70-30 principles. So, you know, what it is is that the person designing the offsite, oftentimes they think 70% of their time about what they want people to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we want to flip just 30% of that time is what do we want to have happen? 70% of the time is am I leveraging 
best practices around activities, around things that we can do to have people doing the work. Because once again, the one that's doing the talking is doing the learning. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to have an offsite where people are generating energy for doing what's going to help everyone be successful and have a great time? People have a blast analyzing you know, believe it or not, like card sorts and yeah. case studies, yeah. and they love coming up with the case studies, you know, so make them come up with the case study, and then they give it to another group that has to act it out or something. But what are your most challenging moments as an analyst? Give your most challenging question to another yeah. group. But the goal is you spend most of your time in design, not just in what you want to have happen at the offsite. Preparation is so important, yeah. and 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 what I can appreciate is it, we can all think back to an offsite or a a, a meeting or, or a, an engagement where we're like that was something special. But now we now we know why because this book really spells it out. One of the things you wrote, and I love this, is to properly equip talent for today's business challenges. Leaders are going to have to rethink how they design their learning experiences. So as we begin to wrap up today, Vicki, what is the one thing that you want our listeners to really to take from our conversation? You know, it's funny when you talked about off-sites, I think of one of my favorite students, Sonia, who, who was in charge of engineers at, at a very big company, all right? And they would bring the Latin American engineers up here for three days to, you know, shadow and off-site, that kind of thing. Well, what do you think the three days consisted of? <laughs> a lot right? of talking at them, yeah. Everyone's just talking at these people. And she saw this model and she's guys, no wonder they rate them as that was okay, but it wasn't that helpful. It was kind of fun, but they didn't learn. Completely switched it around to brought them in, gave them the actual laptops that was the team was working on. Mm -hmm. They got all the troubleshooting. They got to do things. They were sharing their intelligence with all the people. So I think the biggest thing is, if you're going to unleash brilliance by design, you really need to flip the equation and have the people you're teaching do 70% of the work do work, like actual work that they need to be doing. Don't talk at them. Let them process and talk at you and be interactive and get moving. Great, great advice, great lessons. Uh, we've been talking with, with Vicki Halsey, uh, author of Brilliance by Design, creating learning experiences that connect, inspire, and engage. Vicki, if people wanted to dig a little bit more into this topic, a little bit more into you, where would you send them? Well, the neat thing is VickiHalsey.com, V-I-C-K-I-H-A-L-S-E-Y.com, all free resources. Yeah. There's a video of me. If you want to go back and teach your managers, just watch the seven-minute video. Mm -hmm. It teaches you E-N-G-A-G-E. All the job aids are on there. I mean, this is something I want to give back to the world. I know at the Ken Blanchard companies, we use this model to design our trainings. Yeah. You know, that's why people are like, wow. That was awesome. You know, I thought, oh, there's two days of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's what sometimes people that's feel. And they're like, feel. that was probably one of the best experiences because it connected them to the people in the room, to content that they really found useful, but it leveraged a model that had them feeling brilliant. It's about being brilliant, it's about being your best, and it's about taking that extra effort to be better. Mm -hmm. Vicki Alzi, thank you so much for being a part of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you, Chad. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. 
The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Chad, thanks for interviewing Vicki Halsey and her book, uh, Brilliance by Design. Why? Because I love Vicki Halsey. She's one of my very favorite people in the world. She's one of the greatest teachers and energizer bunny wherever she goes, and it's really fabulous. And what she's really saying about designing learning is how can you be a servant leader as a teacher? Because what it really means is that there's two parts of servant leadership. One is vision and direction and all. And that's what, what is the curriculum? What do you want people to learn? And that's the teacher's role. I mean, you can involve people in that, but you have to have a vision of what you're trying to teach. And once that's clear, that's the leadership part of servant leadership, now you turn the pyramid upside down and you are working for them. And she was so clear that, you know, the traditional teaching, 70% of the talking is done by the instructor and less than 30% by the people who are the learners. And that's the same way with self-serving leaders. 70% of all the talking and the direction all is coming from them because they want everybody sucking up the hierarchy and knowing that they're the leaders and all. But true servant leaders, they do about 30% of the talking because 70% is the servant part of servant leadership where they're now listening and supporting and encouraging and all. So I want to tell you, listen to Vicky's uh, brilliance by design and uh, and it's so powerful and it can help you in so many aspects of your life and Vicki you're the best and Chad you're not bad too God bless mm-hmm.